0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh, as always, in the studio. Caitlin's at home in Toronto. Adam is in his home in Toronto, and I am in southern Alberta, out in Springbank, Alberta. The kids used to call it sperm Bank, But you know what? <laughs> That's okay. And, um, well, the, I always I, I do talk about my community, you know, being Springbank. But the kids that used to make fun of us, calling us sperm bankers, yeah. they were from little towns that were called like Cochrane and Balzac. So think about that just for <laughs> a second, that it makes no sense. Anyway, lots going on in the world as, as always. We've got lots of things that we want to talk about. Um, first and foremost, I'm just going to cut right to it. And it's a big deal for all of us because we've been quarantined for basically, what, 11, 12 weeks now, is yeah. exercise. Um, Lizzo Beating, who's a magnificent uh, African-American uh, black singer. Uh, I don't know where, where she's from. Um, I'm not exactly sure where she's from. Anyway, she's this big, beautiful, young, vibrant, unbelievable songwriter, great singer. And she gets in your face about body image. Um, she pulls no punches. Uh, She posted something on Instagram um, about she was exercising, lifting weights, pedaling a bike, skipping rope, doing all these things. And basically she gets, has a lot of haters, you know, basically saying, you know, you're, you're basically the super overweight woman. And what the hell's the point of your exercising? And she came back with exactly how I feel. It's not about you. It's about how she feels about herself. Um, I retweeted her, her Twitter post. Uh, I think that was hooked to her Instagram. And I basically said, I exercise because I want to sleep better. I want to fight off depression. I want to help myself with anxiety. I want to have better just mental health. Um, I want to have lower blood pressure. I want to, I have diabetes in my family. I want to kind of keep that at arm's length. And I just said, the last thing on my list of exercise is weight loss. So I, I think exercise, I mean, if that's why you're exercising, you're missing out on every positive benefit of actual motion of a human body.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, you know, some people obviously like they talk about like bikini season and wanting to look good in a bathing suit and and I get where that pressure comes from for sure. But people are genuinely obsessed, obsessed with Lizzo's body, like obsessed with her size, obsessed with how she looks, the fact that she's confident and she... I don't know. She's just, she is very confident. And I think that that, for some reason, has historically always rubbed some gross portion of the population the wrong way. And they have fixated on how she looks for a really long time. And she was just like, enough. And stop hiding your judgment under the umbrella, the BS umbrella of, well, it's just that you're not healthy. And she was saying, I absolutely am healthy. I work out all the time and she performs very uh, strenuous shows strenuous stage, dances and dancing and singing and you know like she's saying you don't need to monitor what I'm drinking and what I'm eating and what I'm doing you need to worry about what's going on with you and that's the thing i would be a lot more worried about what was going on in the inside of the person who is commenting on her looks all the time versus her her body type like it's ridiculous i really started exercising
0: big time, probably not, I mean, consistently, I'm, I'm not saying big time. I'm not a weightlifter. I'm not doing kettlebells. Please picture me. I do my very best to stagger down to my basement in the morning. I either get on the treadmill and, you know, I do a, an uphill walk, but I, you know, I really try and get a sweat going. I do 45 minutes or I do the elliptical. I got a roaring machine that sometimes hurts my back. I can't say that it's my favorite thing. My form probably sucks, Whatever. And uh I can't, you know, sometimes my back gets sore, so that's not my go-to. And my butt hurts on the roaring machine. I need like a gel pack. I need to be sitting on a bag of
1: flour. I don't even know what I need. They have bicycle shorts because I have the same thing with site with um spinning. I know that spinning is a big deal, soul cycle, whatever. And I have tried it numerous times (laughs) and I your honestly, ass hurts right it's and <laughs> and my whole
0: general downstairs okay reading. so so your your box car is not comfortable
1: no it's absolutely not comfortable okay and it it makes me feel like i'm like i don't know how anyone does this on a weekly basis and doesn't develop a <laughs> southern hemisphere callus i don't, I don't <sighs> get it. oh my gosh i've got a callus on my labia
0: What? Exactly. Yes. I've been doing a spin (laughs) class and it's, well, listen, these are problems that I, we're saying this, Caitlin, everybody is too. So, so that's it. But I, I just feel like a different human being than I did 10 years ago. I may look older, but I'm telling you right now, I feel better now than when I was 40. I mean, A, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I am vegan now, but there's a combination of things that I did to this old body at like 52, 53 <laughs> that have profoundly changed the trajectory of my life. And they just happen to be things that really help the planet. Because the better version of me, a better a, a mentally stable version of me, I am so much more able to participate in my society, help other people be part of a, a conversation that's positive and forward thinking. I, I, I don't think people realize really what a healthy outlook and a positive outlook, how that affects uh, the bigger picture.
1: Yeah. And I, and it's like, and again, you're like, I didn't make these decisions uh, to look good in a bathing suit you know, and I, I think that's the whole, it's, it's an oversimplification and it's a really one dimensional look at eating well and exercising and all that stuff. you're like, Oh, people do it to look good. And once you look good, everything's fixed. Like not really, there are many, many unhealthy thin people, many, many. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that her comment on this is, was perfect. And I agree. Like if I, if I exercise, um, you know, part of it is I feel good when I see results because I know that I'm becoming healthier and I'm getting ahead. Um, so I do like that. I like when clothes fit a little more comfortably. Uh, but overall it's really, like you said, the effect on my sleep and on all the nice, healthy, good chemicals in your brain. And it's also, I, I overthink (laughs) all the time. And so it's a nice little break to exercise and get out of your head and focus on physical activity. Well, when you when you
0: think about you know sleeping, there's been so many studies done. A good sleep does help you maintain a healthy weight. So mm-hmm. people have to recognize all the connections. How do you feel about your body in a bathing suit, Adam? Like, is it? I, I always want to get the male point of view because I know yeah. women. We, we women go on about this stuff, but I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what your take is on how you feel.
2: Um, I'm self-conscious, but at the same time, a little bit, but like, I'm fine in a bathing suit. I, I, I'm not like, I mean, I think we're all a little self-conscious. Can I, can I just,
0: can I just (laughs) butt in for a second? I I, I don't want to say anything, but in private, and I'm going to throw this out there to all the people, you've lost a lot of weight in your life. You've lost dozens and dozens of pounds.
2: At one point I I lost, I was really heavy in university and I lost 70 pounds.
0: Okay. So do you still see yourself that way
2: um i i know i'm not where i was but i've always had weight issues my entire life because i love food love 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 food love food and um i lost that weight so i was like 25 23 24 i lost all that weight and then i was good for a few years and then i think when i got married at 30 Then for a few years after that, like I kind of gained a little bit of weight and I like over, I don't know, five or six years gained like 50 pounds back. And I didn't even realize it was 50 pounds because it was slowly. And then I had another, you know, weight loss epiphany and I totally lost all the weight and I was like too skinny. Like I went too far the other way. I was down like I I was, people were like, are you healthy? Are you okay? Because I was underweight because I was overcompensating. And then I went back up and like, I've been this way now, now I'm comfortable I think I'm, I don't know, 160 ish, 165 ish pounds. And I'm, I'm good, but I have weight, I have, I have like weight issues. I do.
0: Well, I think men's issues get overlooked. Um, And so I never want to do this show. and have Caitlin and I, you know, going off about our body stuff and things like that. I think the great thing about having you being able to sit in and listen to this stuff is I, I am, I'm so curious about, I don't hear men's opinions a lot about how they feel about their bodies. I always think, Oh gosh, you guys have it so friggin' easy because you're guys. And, you know, we always see, you know, guys on the beach with their big shorts on and and they seem to be totally owning it. You know, they have the beer tummy and the, the can of soda in their hands and they're eating, you know, but they just seem more comfortable than women. But I I guess I could be really, really wrong there.
2: I think because in the past I was, I was so big, and I don't want to be big again. I really don't. I, I, and I'm not saying this jokingly. I, it's a for me, it's a little bit of an an, e- uh, an eating disorder because I love food so much, but I'm very afraid to eat the wrong kinds of food, quality of food. I don't want to feel guilty or bad about too many calories or t- like I oh seriously. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't know if other guys feel the same way, but like it's.
0: Oh, I'm sure they do.
2: I have unhealthy food issues because I love food. I could eat, oh, I could eat pizza <laughs> and burgers and cheeseburgers and ribs and cake and deep fried everything covered in cheese and chocolate sauce. I love food so, so much, but I'm, <laughs> I don't want I feel terrible when I eat terrible food. So I'm really mindful about what I eat.
0: Well, I don't think you're, I really don't think that's something that just lies in your heart. I really think it's across the board. Maybe it's culturally, maybe it's North America. Um, I think, um, I mean, having said all that, this sort of segues into this next, I don't know how many minutes I have left in this little portion here, but, um, Caitlin brought something to the table. It's one minute. And so we're going to talk about it after this break, but, um, about a woman that, you know, met this guy online, you know, they really hit it off. They thought, let's screw all this texting back and forth. Let's meet in for real person. Let's go to a bar, have a bite to eat, blah, blah, blah. So they went there, they were sitting at a table. Um, had a wonderful conversation, connected, laughing, you know, so engaged. She thought, oh my gosh, he's so much better looking than me. So that was kind of an issue for her because usually she's the better looking one. Anyway, long story short, they stood up at the end of the date and he wasn't as tall as she thought. So we're going to come back and talk about this. Um, She said the attraction instantly diminished. So I guess we're kind of heading in a body image thing today, but after the break, we're going to come back and talk about why do we think that happens and what? Why the hell are we so hard on each other? You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Uh, just before the break, talking about girl goes meets guys for dates. And uh, they talk. He stands up at the end of the date with her, you know, because they're probably going to maybe go to another bar and have a nightcap or something. But when he stands up, he's not as tall as she thinks that he's going to be. And she instantly loses her mojo for him. So, I don't know. I find she, and, and she'd made her names 10 years, Talia, Taylor. And she just said, uh, she made no bones about it. She goes, Hey, look, I know I just, I felt less feminine and, um, I just completely lost physical interest. I don't know if I like that. Like it makes me nervous. I mean, I'm a single person. You guys are both married. I'm like, is that the world we're living in? I have no desire to date. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Cause I'm thinking, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be scrutinized to
1: that point. I just, there's something about it. it. It's scary to me. It really is. It's a weird double standard. And it's, um. this is a part of a kind of like a, an article in the Toronto Star about dating. And it's an interesting topic that has come up. I've heard through friends and people's personal dating experiences a few times. And it's the double standard between if a man stated a preference on a woman's physical appearance as, as a deal breaker for him Um, that he would just be roasted and that it wouldn't be acceptable and that he would be seen as a really bad guy. Whereas women regularly will say, I don't want to date anyone under whatever their height restriction is. Right. It's not, they treat it like it's like getting on a roller coaster. Like you have to be this tall to, to like, you have to be this tall to date this tall to ride the ride. Oh my ride. gosh. That's so you know? sad. And it's weird. And I think, you know, everyone's we've, I've talked about it on the morning show. I work on a, a bunch of times and people will say, Oh, well, you know, it's cause I don't want to feel bigger than the guy. Okay. Or I like going back to, you know, I want to feel like they could protect me. That's and a I'm very like, archaic oh. idea. Yeah. And I'm like, if you really wanted somebody yeah. to protect you in the year 2020, you'd probably be well suited to like hook up with a computer programmer or something like a a tall guys the- <laughs> of very little use to you in the year of 2020. You need somebody who knows software. Exactly. You You need
0: somebody who can hack in and find like a, a meanie on Twitter and know where they live. That's what you need.
1: Yeah. You need somebody who can like dox your enemies, not somebody who's going to be like, you know, Oh, clubbing, Oh, clubbing enemies over the head for you. Like, that's not going to happen. So there are those situations where I just I always find it interesting. And the the on a producer on our show uh, morning show previously, he was single and he was on dating sites and he'd been married for a long time. And he said he was really put off by the fact that he said at least a solid half of the profiles of women his age um, said that they wanted somebody don't don't even bother messaging me if you're under six feet. And he was like, well, that's awful. And if I said don't even message me if you don't have a C cup, he would, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would never be allowed. And like, what's, what's a guy supposed to do about his height? Um, and then there are women who say that men try to put their physical preferences in different worded ways as well, still on their profiles. Like I want someone with an athletic body type or using language to indicate that they don't want somebody who might be uh, curvy. And, um, it's just, it is hard and it must be disheartening for people who are single, um, to try to put themselves out there. If you think you're never going to get past the, the gate, just based on how you look. Prince was five foot six. Yeah. Prince, Prince one of
0: the sexiest dudes, like like, really, like iconically sexualized artists, like one of the big, big ones. I mean, he, Mm when you when I think of sex symbols in the 80s and 90s I absolutely think of Prince and his I mean it was undeniable and I mean someone like Marilyn Monroe was she was a size 12 um yeah. I think she was like five foot four
1: but a size that, 12. I've heard that counter though that the size 12 then would be like a size six or eight now. Oh, great. Ruin the myth for me. I know. I'm sorry. I've heard that. That one's been debunked for me because I was talking about it as well. And I was always like, I looked at her in photos and I thought to myself, that doesn't seem right. And then, oh, right. The, we now have vanity sizing. And so there's been like a very big change in how sizing works. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, though, it's not about what, so it shouldn't be in your head about what somebody looks like without ever first getting to know. Would that them. affect you? If, if you went like, how, how tall is your husband? my husband is not tall. Adam, you've, you've seen my husband. Um, and he's not a big guy. Like arguably he would be considered probably like quote unquote too small for a lot of, a lot of women. Um, but I've always found him very, like I've genuinely always found him very attractive. So it wasn't ever like, it wasn't ever like, I was like, Oh, like I got to know him and then I thought he was hot. I was like, no, I thought he was handsome right away. Um, but I, well I think yeah. Talia or
0: Taylor did that guy a favor because yeah. if you are dealing with people that are not even willing to put the time in, I find that physical traction, yes there's the instant part of it but there's also this slow steady growing period that really makes you like very attracted to a person's intellect. I don't want to, I mean, I'm at an age now where I am not going to fall prey to like, you're good looking, I want to sleep with you. That's the end of the story. I think that's a very 20-ish something way of thinking because, you know, it's a booty call. You want to have sex with them. You know, now I'm at an age where I want to look for someone who's a partner. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's not what I'm looking for. I really am not looking for sex. Yeah, That's not high on my list of things that I that's not my priority in meeting somebody new. It just isn't. So I expect someone to do the work to get to know who I am. There's something so wonderful about being known, having someone know you. That's what I want. Someone who'll take the
1: time to know who I am. Yeah. And I think somebody who like, I think ultimately what, it depends on the person. I don't want to, if you have certain things that make you more attracted to somebody uh, and you have certain physical preferences in that way. Like I'm not trying to shame somebody for for liking what they like. I just think it's it's weird to cut someone off in terms of getting to even know them. Because what is also really attractive about people is, like you said, their intellect, their sense of humor, their confidence. Like nothing is more attractive than confidence. Nothing and, and, and- humor. And humor. And, and, and kindness. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that I, I'm like, okay, like, sure, someone might not be the exact body type. You envisioned yourself. And I would counter that frequently. It's not you envisioning it. It's society telling you it from the time that you were, you know, cognizant. So you have to try to, like, de, de-brainwash yourself there a bit, too. But- it's just bizarre that there is still these like people out there in the world who will just say like, no, if you're not six feet tall for a guy, then don't apply here. And it's, I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go over the same way if it was, if roles were reversed. I just don't think so.
0: Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast, the dating show edition. I guess that's what it's turned into. I don't even know how we got, there's so many, uh-huh. there's so many things we always want to talk about. And um, obviously there's a lot of discussions going on in the world that, um, you know, that do involve kind of attraction to another person. Um, it's all, all this stuff is connected. Uh, the the whole catalyst to this conversation was the, the short guy that, you know, stood up in front of Taylor and, uh, she, and Taylor, wherever you are, I, I send out positive vibes and love to you because you know what, you like what you like and I'm not making any judgment. I'm just like, I hope someone takes the time to get to know me. Yeah. I I don't even know how that's going to happen. I, I you guys I can't even picture it. I don't know what I mean, especially in the times of isolation and quarantine now. And and uh, and I'm not in any hurry to meet anybody. But you know, normally I always throw it out there to the universe that you just meet them when you're working or I don't know. I don't even know how I've met people in the past, but.
1: Well, yeah, like I don't, I have friends who are single now and the, the way that they're, the I would say almost exclusively, obviously the way they're meeting people now is on dating apps.
0: I would just would never do it. Yeah. I did, I did Raya for, it's R-A-Y-A. I think it, my friend Danny talked me into signing up for it. It's for mm-hmm. public people. Yeah. We talked about this before on the show and I lasted 90 seconds. I was so scared when, when the names came through of people that they thought would you know, be a good fit for me. And it took me, I'm going to say 90 minutes, two hours to fill out the forms. And it took them four months to okay my application, four months. And I had to prove my Twitter account, my Instagram. I had to prove that I was a public person that had a substantial social media following or a job that, you know, qualified me. But anyway, I just, I just thought, uh, I think they showed me, and I'm not kidding you, Chelsea Handler, Drew Barrymore. Uh, I shouldn't even be saying this because I don't think you're supposed to know who's on there. Uh, <laughs> a couple of people that I know, Canadian musicians. Yeah. And uh, this guy, a 26-year-old guy in Spain, uh, who was a sculpt- sculptor, and the guy on Strange... Is it Stranger Things, that show on Netflix? The guy that played the police officer. Like, I I looked at it. Mm -hmm.
1: David Harbour, who is now, I believe, engaged to Lily Allen anyway. Well, there you go. Okay, well, I missed out.
0: (laughs) Um, But that was, I looked at it for 10 seconds and I thought, no, this is not anywhere in my wheelhouse. I don't even know how to navigate this. And I took myself off, like completely. I just took it off. So I don't think that's it. And I've almost resigned myself to maybe I'll be on my own forever. Maybe I'll be, as Emma Watson puts it, self-partnered.
1: Oh, I love when she said that. I thought that was a nice reframing. Well, because now, now, where would these IRL in real life meetups happen? I mean, when everyone's hidden behind a mask, trying to get out of the grocery store as quickly Not as possible. Not a bad idea. Kind of levels I mean, the playing field. Yeah, that's true. But it is just, it's weird to consider that it's, it is is more reliant, that you are more reliant now than ever on using apps what and was, using technology.
0: What was the show, we talked about this before, Adam, of the Netflix love show where they're in the pods and they're talking to each other through the glass. Oh, Man, so oh, nice. the love the is blind. Love is love blind. blind. So Adam I, oh. freaked out when we talked about the show. So... Getting back to this, Adam, you're just like, <laughs> your head's exploding. I so hate that, two show. People- I wish
1: that I should I wish Love was deaf, but anyways, because I couldn't stand those Well, people. Caitlin,
0: explain the show a little bit, because for people that haven't watched it, it's on Netflix.
1: Oh, it's just a bunch of dummies who wanted to be on reality TV, and they were hidden. Him. It's true. And they were hidden behind a frosted glass wall while they talked to each other, and it was like a Big Brother-style house with a bunch of couches around, and... They all told each other their lives, and you know what there was like one couple that was half decent, I forget their names um, and they were okay and then the rest of them I just thought i don 't know what truck you fell off of on the way to l a but everybody was just trying to be they were trying to be famous but I and mean was- the thing that is and our point
0: being is that these people not only did they not so so never mind standing up in a restaurant and being shorter than what you are supposed to be. These people asked each other to be married. They agreed to get married without having seen each other after these these dates through a wall. So I'm imagining as they come through the door and walk towards each other, never mind short. They have no idea of race. They have no idea of physical appearance. Obviously the show casted very good looking people mm-hmm. um, because that wasn't an issue. But I'm just saying that you know, they had these attractions for each other based on their conversations, um, which which is kind of cool that you actually have to talk to somebody and get to know them. Yeah. Before, I don't know I,
1: how important is physical attraction to you guys. Um, i i never I never know if it's if it's like the pre- the correct word in my brain for me is physical attraction or just like chemistry. Okay, chemistry. Mean? And then and
0: chemistry, or it's yeah, an, yeah, is chemistry instant or is it something that develops over time? Adam, I'm gonna ask you that.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say instant. Wow, like I'm gonna say okay. instant. If you if sometimes you just get a spark with someone, even if it's like even if it's just a friendship chemistry, it doesn't have to be a love interest chemistry.
0: That's the best kind of friendship, and then that sudden attraction, I think that's super sexy. I think that's where the money is, is yep. you meet, no, sorry, Caitlin's laughing at me, but you meet somebody and you have, you laugh and you, you know, share some food and you know a little bit about them. You know that they, you know, eat their corn in the cob with two hands and they do it like a, a cross in a row instead of around in a circle, which is stupid. <laughs> and they have to eat their corn in a row. That's just the only way to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So don't even bother if you're, if you're, you know. If you're over five foot and you eat your corn in a circle, don't call me. But uh, yeah, that friendship, that's the magic.
2: And like, yeah. have you ever become, have you ever become best friends with someone like in five minutes? Like I've had that happen in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, yeah I same. agree. I, I've, and it's that old adage of, I feel like I've known you my whole life and and uh, as we all know, as we get older, it's harder to forge friendships. It's harder to make friendships. People have lifelong friends. They have circles of friendship established. Um, so, yeah, as we get older, to to make new friends is, is really magical. And then to have a friendship that turns into a possible romance or physical connection is even rarer still as you get older. So, you know, I, I guess your odds – decrease but maybe the quality of those
1: encounters increases yeah yeah I could see that and I also I think like chemistry is something where I mean you never know when it's gonna happen and it certainly can change like you can know someone for a long time and then have your feelings for them shift certainly but perhaps you maybe always found them like a bit attractive or, yeah, I don't know. I was friends with my husband before we got together romantically. Like, I always thought he was handsome. But we I was in another relationship. And so it was just, that was it. And then when I was single again, we already knew each other, liked each other. And it was just that, like, instant feeling of you've known each other for your whole life. So you're comfortable. Yes.
0: And it's I nice. I love that. Yeah. Um, you obviously lived together before you got married, yes? Yes, we did. So was there anything in your partnerships both you guys that when you started spending a lot of time like the sleepovers and stuff like that that bothered you right off the get-go like I'm terrible for that I I will find things like like even how a person brushes their teeth I'll be just like oh my god are you actually going to squeeze the toothpaste (laughs) I was in my last relationship I was in for 10 years and she squeezed the toothpaste in the middle of the tube. <laughs> and I thought, I can't, this is, and it always bothered me. And it was, it wasn't a bone of contention, but I know you don't like me doing that. I'm like, well, why are you doing it? Why don't you, you roll it from the bottom. And I don't know why I let things like that bother me. Well, they probably, I've I okay, got want- 50 seconds, finish that. Whatever you're going to say, say it in like 40 seconds.
1: I wonder if it wasn't that other things were bothering you and that that just happened to then become irritating because you already had (laughs) other things that were brewing because... But like, yeah, no, I didn't notice that. I feel like I should family. give you $100 for that advice right now. <laughs> I know. I was like, I've been to therapy, so I could tell you. But I mean, it's just one of those things where I never had that happen with my husband. But more importantly, I think that I ended a lot of relationships. It was like, I was like Jerry Seinfeld on like Seinfeld, where I would end something early days with someone because they did something right off the bat where I was like, that's weird. Like they have more skin cream than I do, or they make their own pudding instead of simply buying a snack pack. Like Those are real things I've done.
0: Welcome back to the Jen Arden podcast. Hi, welcome back. Um, I guess this is the dating show edition. I don't know how it happened, but uh, in my humble opinion, it is very dangerous to rely solely on a person's appearance to, I don't know, to, to, to kind of To put all your eggs in that basket uh, based on how a person looks. And I'm sure we've all found ourselves in in trouble with why am I even in this room sitting with this guy, with this woman, whatever, because they're really great looking, but we have absolutely nothing in common. And this person is not a nice person. And I'm not just making a general statement about good looking people. What's good looking to me may not be good looking to you, Adam, or you, Caitlin, like who what i find good looking people would be going like are you kidding me and i'm like
1: no oh my god he's beautiful or she's beautiful like i like really interesting looking people who would be the most like if i had to say like okay who would if if you wanted to surprise the widest range of people with who you find attractive what would be like a recognizable person that you would say you're going to be surprised okay, You but got, i find you this have
0: you have to google this okay but he's one of the sexiest men I've ever met in my life. Oh met? Okay. I worked I worked with him many times. Okay. He's he's not a, a big man. I'm gonna say five six, five seven, maybe. His name's Kenny Aronoff. Okay. Kenny Aronoff. Kenny Aronoff. Aronoff. Okay. He's one of the best drummers on the planet. Uh, I worked with him on Living Under June. He is the masterful musician behind The Good Mother drum pattern um he's very much in a relationship he's got kids i think kenny would be in his late 60s now i think he's
1: maybe like mid late 60s um, oh, okay and i'm googling, I'm googling him okay. as we are as we he's refer. a good
2: looking dude
1: for yeah, sure definite, uh, but he I has mean, a definite look oh yeah i mean he's bald he shaves his head
0: um he's got a really interesting nose um But, and he's, I don't know. I just remember being in the studio with him and, and I, I could never stop looking at him. And I always felt so embarrassed because we'd be listening to a playback in the studio and, and Ed Cherney, my producer at the time, all the band would be in there and I would be looking at Kenny. You know, I'd be looking at him, he'd be playing drums on his legs and he'd be so into it. And, and I loved that about him. And then, he would catch me looking at him and I could feel myself going so red. But anyway, I just, I just think he's, I just think he's such a beautiful man, but he had a kindness in him. And he, he was very like, I don't even know what his accent was. I don't know where Kenny's from. I I, uh, feel like, like somewhere in Brooklyn, like New York or, or I don't know. He just, I never even could figure out anyways, that's it. Look, look him up. Kenny Aronoff. Yeah, he was so born that was-
2: in uh, Albany, Albany, New York. And- okay, oh, there you 67.
0: go. Sixty-seven. And I loved Nick Nolte. Uh, in you know, I just and people would be like, "Are you out of your mind?" I'd be like, "Have you seen Cannery Row?" And I thought he was always very beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, and and women. There's just so many beautiful-looking, interesting women. I mean, as a kid, I loved Doris Day for crying out loud. I just thought she was the most beautiful woman ever. Um, Kate Blanchett and Kate Winslet, all the Kates, I mean, so, so beautiful. Judy Dench, I think, is absolutely just so stunning. I never get tired of looking at her face. What I wouldn't do to go and sit and have a cup of tea with Judy Dench, I think she's incredibly sexy. I know she's probably 80 some years old. But that's my, I just think she's so smart and um, worldly and I don't know. I just find people so interesting and I hope that people would grant me that same kind of opportunity, you know, that I would be somewhat interesting and, you know, funny and all those things. Like I, I hope that it's not based on how I look and how much I weigh and how tall I am and I mean, this show's got me thinking. I'm, I'm quite frightened now as I go
1: forward in my <laughs> don't life. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know what to think.
1: Well, I think putting yourself out there is hard enough. And now we live in a culture where it's a simple swipe of like, do I like how this person's photos look, look right away? And, and then there are people who are incredibly photogenic and in real life look quite different. And there are people who don't photograph well or don't even look like themselves when they take a photo and you see them in real life and you're like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't have thought you would look like this. I mean, so now you also are being reduced to a still image on all of these dating sites, which is which is not the best. Um, wouldn't it behoove people to put like a not great
0: picture of themselves up there? And then <laughs> if you do get swipes and you show up, they'd be like, holy
1: crap, she is amazing. Yeah, well, and an <laughs> in, an interesting thing about... An interesting thing about working in radio too, is that I guess like most people, unless they take the time to search for you, which a lot of people don't, they, they don't know how your you voice and they don't know how you look. And so it was a funny thing. I have brown hair. And so whenever, like I, I found that over the years when people would um, find out that I had brown hair, I would get hit with a ton of people saying, oh, I always imagined you being a blonde. And I thought, I really like that part of radio that people just make up mm-hmm. how you look in their head. And you don't ever have to worry about how you look. I think it's probably one of my favorite things about radio, actually. And I don't have to go to work wearing pants.
0: (laughs) Well, I always get a kick. Marilyn Dennis is so dear to me. Like, I consider her such a good friend. And Marilyn always says, you know, there's radio Marilyn Dennis and there's television Marilyn Dennis. And, And I always, I love the comfort level that she has in both genres. Any interview I've done over the last 25 years you know, it was Roger, Rick and Marilyn. And then, you know, it was, the, the show changed so much over the years at at Chum. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Marilyn would be there, no makeup, just her hair pinned back. It was before she even started her TV show. Um, and I was just like, I always appreciated just how beautiful Marilyn was in both, and how comfortable she was in both versions. And I learned a lot from her as I was coming up through the ranks, because I looked at this woman who was so comfortable and that's how she always seemed to me. Like I was all dolled up, I had a makeup artist with me whenever I was doing press junkets, and Marilyn just owned it. And she was always so intimidating because I knew I would look at her and I'm going, you own yourself, you are confident, and it's not about anything but your heart and mind, and you're beautiful with, without hair, makeup, whatever. And she did,
1: I learned a lot from her over the years. And it, I mean, and obviously, like you know, she's I I am lucky to sit next to her all the time at at Chum, and it's been such a cool experience. I have similar feelings to you about you know, feeling like she's comfortable in her own skin and she's honest about how she feels, and she's you know, she can be vulnerable and tell you what's really going on in her life, and um, it's cool, and you know, and I will say that. She has bore the brunt of people talking about her appearance a lot um, for no good reason other than to just show their own shortcomings internally. And, you know, because we made the switch now, as everyone has, with like, you know, working from home and we're all doing our own no more TV hair and makeup. So whenever you do a Zoom show now, everyone's doing their own hair oh, and right, makeup. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, and and the thing is, um, most people are are super positive and lovely about it. And then uh, I forget what I was doing on social media, but I noticed that there were some mean comments about um, the appearance of some, you know, CTV personalities, not Marilyn specifically, actually. And it was about, oh, well, they should really send them a hair and makeup artist to their house because
0: oh, it, the, it, I you know like, what, I, people being being purposely mean. I'm so over it now on social media. Yeah. One, one thing that I hope comes out of something that's breaking wide apart, and it goes, I think, far beyond Black Lives Matter, far beyond the BIPOC movement. I think generally, I, I, I'm so happy that this is happening. I'm so happy that I have been given an opportunity to to learn, to open my eyes, to understand my place and my part of what has been problematic in our society. I'm grateful for all the lessons that I'm learning. and um, But further to that, I think cruelty and, and meanness in general across the board is being called out. People are not accepting um, or tolerating this. I hope it does change a conversation that is across the board affects like all of civilization. Maybe I'm being really lofty and really like sprinkled with fairy dust, but... I, I do think these conversations are going further out. Yeah, um, people
1: are sick of having everyone, you know, judge you based on Tear any you apart. And your yeah, skin exactly. color,
0: your hair, your your height, your your everything. And maybe that's the connector to the rest of our show is how long are we gonna, you know, judge each other on race, appearance, um, you know, the size of our nose, lips, hair, color of our
1: anything. That's why like, I'm going to continue to hide in radio and podcasting until <laughs> until everyone's doing a little bit better. And then I'll be like, Well, okay. <laughs> for one thing, you're absolutely
0: beautiful. And Adam is drop-dead handsome. Like, oh, you guys are. Oh, thank you. Guys, no, cool. you, you guys are. And I love who you are. Like, one of the nicest things about doing the show this last, you know, how many episodes is getting to know you guys better and having these conversations. And we talk about this all the time. I so look forward to our taping day. Because especially through the quarantine, the isolation, it has been something I'm like, oh good, four days, I get to to see these guys and talk to them and feel a bit of normalcy. And the fact that we can talk about anything together, I'm learning all the time. Like we don't hold back, we talk about life warts and all. And I think that's what's great for our listeners.
1: Yeah. Anything that's happening in your life and is top of mind over the past week, you just get to get it out and talk about it. And nine Mm -hmm. times out of 10, we have this whole plan going into the show and then you just end up having a nice regular conversation and it goes a little off track. And we, uh, we go from talking about Lizzo to, to dating. Well, we, we always start off. I want everyone to know we have 60 seconds here, but I
0: want everyone to know that that Caitlin, our producer, does come, you know, we're prepared. We have lots of things we wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the Dalai Lama coming out at 85 years old with a record. I know. Um, and, and, and maybe this is a great message to leave on. The Dalai Lama, I'm paraphrasing here, but he just says music and the magic of music, the, the way it, it, how far out it can go and reach people and affect them um, and that kind of messaging. He really recognizes uh, that that a message of music can go much further than than anything he could text or any sermon he could give. Um, so that is a really great lesson to me that music is magical and it is a religion and it is a way to connect us all. Um, so next time you're dating, in the last few seconds here, be kind, have an open mind. Getting to know somebody is the most special thing you'll ever undertake in your life. And letting yourself be known by another human being, I think the three of us would agree, is one of the most magical things in human life. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, uh, listen, thanks for listening. And uh, you've been listening to the Jan Arden Podcast with Adam and Caitlin. And we sure hope that we hear from you and see you next week. Thanks for listening to Doody. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network.